Hello, Internet. This is Ewan Spence and yes, the Insight Calling. Tickets, tickets everywhere, but not one on sale just yet. Coming up from this week in the world of Eurovision, tickets, culture, and a new United Kingdom venue. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome once more to the ESC Insight News Podcast, seven days in the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. From myself, Hugh and Spence, and the team here at ESC Insight, www.escinsight.com to read, comment, follow, link, subscribe, and patreon.com slash ESC Insight to support us as we bring you the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. Daily news will be happening in May, weekly news at the moment, song reviews starting in March, and lots of analysis, commentary, and discussion back on the website. But really, there is only one story this week that everybody wants to know about, and that is tickets. Yes, we do have tickets for the show. As a reminder, that's the two semi-finals on the 9th of May and the 11th of May, and the grand final on Saturday, the 13th of May, in the Liverpool Arena, naturally in Liverpool. Okay, so let's first of all just get some definitions of terms right. First of all, there are three types of show where tickets are being sold. There's the live shows, the evening of the dates that have just been mentioned, the two semi-finals and the grand final. You have... The family show, that happens the afternoon of the dates above. It's the final rehearsal, not just for the artists, but um, the interval acts, the stage crews, the camera people, everything gets run through. Essentially, that's a full show, but with fake voting at the end. Uh, so those are happening in the afternoon of the 9th, 11th and the 13th, family shows. And then the night before that, so that would be the 8th, 10th and 12th, you have what's called the jury shows. Now, two things happen now. Uh, one of them is... Everything gets taped, so if something happens on the live show, there's a backup tape and they can do some fancy TV magic to keep the show uh, on the air, for example, if some of the cameras break down. You can switch in the ones from the night before. It's also where the jury will cast their votes. Those of you who are remembering the changes, remember that the semi-finals are 100% televote with no jury input, but it's a 50-50 vote for the grand final. But things might happen, so you have to have a sort of backup jury vote just in case for those semi-finals. So it is a full-up show. It is counting to potentially for the semi-final results and definitely for the grand final results as well. So that's the live shows, the family shows, and the jury shows. So nine shows in total, uh, three in each style. So with that, all set down in terms of the names. Uh, first up, there's a ticketing scheme for displaced Ukrainians with over 3,000 tickets being sold for the nine shows. Those are subsidised by the UK government's Department of Culture, so it's basically you're paying the booking fee. Uh, those who are part of the Homes for Ukraine scheme, the Ukraine Family Scheme and Ukraine Extension Scheme here in the United Kingdom can all apply for that. Uh, details will be for your contacts with that scheme. Uh, the second batch of people that we need to be aware of for the tickets is the official fan cup, the OGAE fan packages. Now, details here are pretty much club specific. And if you're involved in getting the ticketing packages from your local OGAE club, you should have details and everything in your email and there have been ballots and draws to decide ranking orders uh, that have been happening for the last weeks and months. But essentially check your local club for details. 
Um, you have uh, the option of buying a package for the three live shows, a package for the three jury shows, or a package for the three family shows. Uh, so again, check the details of the club. But what I would say is thank you to everyone over all the fan clubs. These are ridiculously hard to organise. Fan clubs are not Ticketmaster, are not ticket agencies. They're doing this as volunteers, doing this to help the community. Uh, and if if you're not getting 24-7, 30-second response service, well, maybe have a think about what's going on. So to all of you Unsung Heroes out there in the fan club ticketing system, I thank you, we insight thank you, and hopefully the community thanks you as well. Okay, public sale of the tickets, which I presume is going to be most people listening to this podcast. Tickets go on sale on Tuesday, March the 7th. They go on sale at 12 noon here in the United Kingdom, 1 o'clock in the afternoon Central European time. They're only going to be sold through Ticketmaster's UK website, so ticketmaster.co.uk. If you go to ticketmaster.ac, you can't buy them there. If you go to ticketmaster.com, you cannot buy them there. You have to come through the UK site directly. I'd also say make sure you set up an account beforehand. Um, and if you have an existing account, I would log in, check it all works, check that the um, your credit or debit card is valid uh, going through there. Basically, just make sure everything's ready, kick the tires, that sort of stuff. Ticket prices uh, vary from £30 up to £290 for the semi-final shows, from £80 up to £380 for the grand final shows. And of course, that will depend what type of show you're at, what type of seat you want, whether you're up in the guards, right next to the stage, standing, sitting. There are going to be a couple of options there. You're going to have to decide pretty quickly when you get to the front of the Ticketmaster. Have a look at the official website. There will be plenty of details there on your options. Uh, do remember that if you get to the front of the queue, you can buy four tickets for the live show or six tickets for the family or jury shows in a single booking. Also, in a single booking, you could only book for one show. So if you're queuing for the grand final live, you can't then, when you get to the checkout, also add in tickets for the semi-final live. You'd have to go back out and start it all over again. So you can see that this is sort of barriers to try and stop people getting and just sweeping up all the tickets and putting them on the reseller sites. Speaking of the reseller sites, let's just touch base on that one as well. There's no word yet on an official reseller. There have been has been in previous years where people would be able to hand back the tickets and then people could buy those return tickets safe in the knowledge that they are official tickets and you couldn't really put much more over the, the sale price. So people got a refund and it was like another 20 or 30 pounds on top of the price. So no scalping there. No doubt, once this ticket system opens, there are going to be a lot of complaints online about it's very busy. We couldn't get in the queue. We got kicked out because of the capacity in the system. Tickets are already on sale for the scalpers for tens of thousands of pounds. Why can't real fans get tickets? So let's take a breath here. First of all, the capacity, if everything was sold, was 10,000 seats per show, okay? Let's assume that they get all the seat, seating and everything into the arena. Take off those tickets that are going to Ukraine. Take off the tickets that are going to the Yogi fan club. Take off the corporate tickets that you know are going to have to go to sponsors and local councillors and all of that stuff. Then each delegation gets a, a batch of tickets as well, friends and family of the performer, um, for their supporters uh, if they need them uh, on the commercial side of things, for example, for their uh, staff at the TV station that are doing things. So these all come out of that 10,000 per show. So oh, look, conservatively, you've got 4,000 to 5,000 tickets going on sale for each of the nine shows. 
those are going to be shared out between everybody who wants to go. Everyone in the United Kingdom, everybody in the EU, uh, everybody who's around the world wants to go. If there's only 5,000 tickets for that grand final, it's going to be very, very difficult. Not impossible, but very, very difficult. Okay, so just temper those expectations. Also remember that just because these reselling scalper sites have the tickets up for a price, let's see, they've got one for £5,000, that doesn't necessarily mean they have a ticket to sell you. They could easily be asking for that £5,000 and then get your money and then try and buy that ticket for £4,000 somewhere else through their contacts. If you see the whole, oh, we'll send you your ticket the week before the show, it's a very good chance that they don't actually have a ticket. They're going to try and hold on to your money and get a ticket and get a profit. And if they can't manage that, they'll just try and go, sorry, your ticket's been cancelled or whatever. We're going to refund you the money. Again, if there's going to be an official reseller, watch for that. And I would re really consider, you know, those scalpers, just, yeah, I, I would say if you don't get a ticket, just there's, lot, there's going to be lots to do uh, around Liverpool and in other cities as well. And finally, this is not a Eurovision problem. This is a universal problem. This is this is the state of play of live events just now. It is a systemic problem in the, the, in the ecosystem of touring and concerts. And a systemic problem needs a systemic change. It's not something that Eurovision can do. Uh, all I say is just be glad that Ticketmaster's dynamic pricing has not been implemented and all the tickets are at a fixed price. Okay, <laughs> deep breath, ticket politics aside, let's find out what's been going on in the rest of the Eurovision world this week. not expecting to do seven minutes in the politics of ticketing right then okay so Eurofest is happening in Liverpool uh, Eurofest has been used for a number of events but this is specifically the cultural projects that are happening in Liverpool in the two weeks uh, leading up to the song contest 19 cultural projects are going to be coming under this banner uh, the organizations uh, that have made up those 19 projects have been announced and we have four projects detailed out specifically we'll hear about the other 15 as we get closer so we're going to have the Blue and Yellow Submarine, an outdoor disco and parade through Liverpool to kick off the Eurovision Weeks in the city. The English National Orchestra will be doing a performance of Eurovision Classics put through the vibes of an orchestra. So if you want to hear your orchestra at Eurovision, there's the tickets there. Isium to Liverpool uh, is going to transform Liverpool Cathedral into a train carriage to illustrate the landscape of Ukraine on a journey out of Isium into Poland during the war. And finally, Rave Ukraine is going to be a two-location joint rave in Liverpool and Ukraine, and it's going to do exactly what it says in the tin. It's going to be a rave. It's going to be for Ukraine. Uh, there are another 15 projects that are going to be announced in the new future. Uh, as I said, the collaborators have been announced. Uh, ones that caught my eye, National Museums Liverpool um, is in there. Uh, Blue Coat and the Jam uh, sorry, Blue Coat and the Jam Library out of Aviv are going to be in there as well. And also, single word, Jamala has one line, who sang for Ukraine in 2016, has been a very visible presence uh, over the last year or two, uh, highlighting issues around Ukraine. Also uh, in news from Eurovision is Darlington. Um, as hinted, open-air venues across the United Kingdom are planning to show the Eurovision Song Contest. And the first city to confirm that is 
Darlington. Uh, the coronation of King Charles will have a big screen put up uh, the weekend before the Eurovision Song Contest. That screen will stay up there right through to the grand final. Given that, I'd assume you get the semi-finals there as well. So if you can't make it all the way to Liverpool, Darlington might be an option. There are probably going to be other options announced uh, through the next weeks and months as well leading up to the contest. So there's going to be a Eurovision for every city. How lovely. Okay, enter the results. Three shows, first of all, which did select their song for the Eurovision Song Contest over the last seven days, a big grand finals. Start up in Finland. If it wasn't for the debut of Lorraine and her song Tattoo at Melfest, Finland's Karija with Cha 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 would likely have went into the favourite spot after winning UMK. Instead, this delightful and quite complicated musically piece of dark rock flamboyant dance and that sideways walk from euphoria like a crab is just riding high very much in all the polls and opinions and threads in the Eurovision community. Worth also noting that um, while there was an international jury vote in the Finnish national final, it only counted for 25%. 75% of the split went to the Finnish public vote. So 75-25 instead of 50-50. So essentially some advice from the international jury. We like that one, cha-cha-cha. But the Finnish public getting much more vote and also going, we like that one too, cha-cha-cha. Thank you very much. Seven ran. Uh, also, uh, Ben Robertson was up at the Finnish national final. We got a whole bundle of articles uh, on there about the presentation, about the Finnish language. Head over to the website, www.esinsight.com to read a little bit more. Also taking place was Poland's one-shot national final, Blanca and Solo, the song winning through there. Although there has been a little bit of disquiet in the Polish Eurovision community regarding the transparency of the voting process and the makeup of the jury. It is worth noting, though, uh, that the second-place singer, Jan, has asked the community to stop the negative speech and to support Blanca as she prepares for the contest. Ten ran. Uh, San Marino, uh, a long and convoluted process, uh, which started off at the start of the week with 106 runners, (laughs) and then working through to the Saturday night, culling that all the way down uh, to one act, which is Peak Jack, and the song Like an Animal, who will be representing San Marino in Liverpool in the final 22 ran. Okay, uh, heats-wise, first of all, uh, I just want to flag up that Serbia, much like San Marino, is working through everything in a single week with various permutations, so we'll have the full results on that one next week. Uh, also in heats, uh, let's start with Iceland here. It's the second semi-final of Song for Kepton took place. Uh, five ran, two qualified through direct to the final, which is this weekend. Langisel Sagarnir with the song OK and Siga Oz with another song that I can't even take a run at that one. There. <laughs> uh, so they're going direct through two from semi-final to join the two who qualify direct from semi-final one. The broadcaster also has a wild card of the six songs that hadn't qualified. Uh, that's been given to one of the Heat 1 acts, Celebs. So there's going to be five going forward into that grand final. Now, in that grand final, you have to sing in the language that you will sing if you win and go to Eurovision. So four of the artists have switched over and said, we are singing in English because we want to take it in English. To Liverpool, Langisel has kept okay in English. So, uh, and just to wrap it all up, just to confirm, five ran. Uh, Portugal 
Uh, due to a voting issue in the first of two semi-finals from Festival de Cancel, broadcaster RTP brought an extra act through. Normally, it would have been five chosen uh, from the ten as part of a 50-50 televote, and then one additional act saved by the jury to get six qualifying through. But technical issues during the phone vote were discovered, so six went through on the televote, plus one jury save. Uh, jury save, they're going to Neon Soho, uh, and the six going through in no particular order. Um, we have Cherky, Claudia Pascal, Sal, Mimi Cat. You Can't Win, Charlie Brown uh, and S.A. Povo. Uh, some familiar names in there from Eurovisions and Festival that can past. Ten ran. And finally, for the results, it's up at Sweden. It was the final heat of four at Melody Festivalen. Uh, and it was the last song was Lorraine. Uh, very much, uh, you know, just sort of anticipated and awaited by not just the Eurovision community, but this, the entire Swedish population as well for the song Tattoo, which has been hyped to high heaven for the staging, for the lyrics and the presentation. And uh, yep, it qualified and is going direct through to the grand final in two weeks' time. It's dominated the streaming charts up in Sweden. I think this is pretty much a lock for qualifying. Stranger things have happened, but it's looking for Laurent to make her way to Liverpool and return after euphoria some 11 years ago. Joining her direct to the final is the band Smash Into Pieces with the song Six Feet Under. Heading to this weekend's semi-final is Kiana and Mariette, and all told, seven ran. Okay, we've got a couple of other bullet point news here. First up, we have two teaser tracks released this week, which seems to be the done thing uh, this year. Uh, Noah Carell for Israel and Remo Ferrer from Switzerland have given us 30-second clips of their songs. We should hear them debuting in the near future. Similar with Greece, we should hear it in the near future. Rumours are Victor Verunkos is going to be doing what they say on March the 6th. That's not a confirmed date, but we're pretty confident on that one. And uh, up in Germany, uh, as we went to record the podcast on Friday, news reached us that Frida Gold has withdrawn from that one-shot national final, A Song for Liverpool. Given the voting mechanisms, and it's already been opened, there's no replacements uh, going on in there. And, you know, it's a Friday night show. We're recording this Friday afternoon. You might already know who's who's won out of that one, or you can check, or you can just wait six days, be spoiler-free, and I'll tell you next week. Hey! <laughs> Okay, what do we have around the Eurovision community just now? Well, lots of people panicking about tickets. Um, but also, back at our website, uh, you will have our look at Lorraine and Tattoo, what you need to know about the song that is going to be the song of the summer up in Sweden and potentially one of the big songs at this year's Eurovision Song Contest. Ben Robertson has also been at the UMK National Final, taking the trip up to Tartu in Finland. So he's looked at the impacts of the selection show and the Finnish music scene. Um, the resurgence of the Finnish language at the song contest and also just how good a party uh, the broadcasters put on for the contest because at some point in the future we might be going back to Finland for a song contest so how good are they at doing a party when it's very, 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 very cold outside? 
Okay, as the national finals come to an end at mid-March, uh, it will be the start of the preview parties as all the singers and performers who are going to song contest do a little bit of promotional tours, sing for people, uh, and generally do uh, a little bit of getting the song out there. Parties start in Barcelona on the 23rd, 4th and 5th of March. Next one after that will be in Poland, Warsaw, Saturday the 1st of April, Madrid on Friday and Saturday 7th and 8th, Amsterdam on the 15th and London on the 16th. This is an unofficial circuit, by the way. These are all run by volunteers and separate organisations. They're not officially aligned with the EBU or any of the broadcasters, although, you know, those organisations do support these parties as well. Um, obviously, London is the closest one to me. They've got a guest list that's slowly growing, as are all of them. Uh, but Lazara for France, Monica Linkit from Lithuanian Voyager from Australia, and Tea and Selena um, from Austria are confirmed heading to the London Eurovision party as well. As we get closer to the time, we will uh, have will be looking at the guest list, not just of this year's performers, but also the special guests from other Eurovision times as well. Uh, in terms of watching on the television or on your local streaming service so you can watch the uh, Swedish, Icelandic and Moldovan version of iPlayer, uh, let's see. Uh, Germany's Unserlid for Liverpool happens tonight. If you listen to this podcast as it comes out, um, it's at 20 past 10 Central European time. Eurovision.de will get you there. Saturday, we have three national finals selecting the song Iceland, Moldova and Serbia. Uh, we also have two heats going on. Uh, Portugal is at their second of two semi-finals. There's Festival de Cansao and Melody Festival. And it's their semi-final. They do four heats. Uh, two go through from each heat. Two go to the semi-final. And from that, eight in the semi-final. Four will qualify and get their ticket through to the grand final the week after. We will have all the results next week. We will keep you up to date with all the news and going-ons that are happening. We'll start to look forward in more depth. We'll think about how we're going to do song reviews and... Um, long-term listeners will know what's coming. Everybody else, well, <laughs> it's coming. You'll enjoy it. Don't worry. But for now, uh, I just want to say thank you, as always, for lending us your ears for the last 20, 25 minutes or so to talk about the song contest. Thank you very, very much. Um, link, like, love, share, subscribe, all the usuals, escinsight.com. If you want to support us through Patreon, you can do that as well, patreon.com slash escinsight. To all the friends out there, as always, stay safe, be kind to each other. For those of you that we know, for those of you that we are still to meet, we love you all. Ta-ra for now. I'll play the guitars. Be back here next week. ESC Insight News Podcast this week was hosted by Ewan Spence, written by the team at ESC Insight and Ewan Spence. Those URLs once more are www.escinsight.com, patreon.com slash escinsight.